The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The jingle jangle means it is time for the Unpack Podcast. For BackMePackingCompany.com and SB Nation and I think still technically Vox Media. Trying to get all the names in there. Grease all the wheels. We can uh, follow the show at The Unpack Pod on Twitter and Instagram for no reason. Um, The offense was great until it wasn't. 14 to 12. The Packers squeak out a victory over the Buccaneers. I'm Zach Rapport in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Going to muscle through this with... um, some kind of, I don't know, oncoming laryngitis. I don't know what's going on with my voice right now, but we're all going to suffer through it. I am joined um, today by, firstly, Alex Patakis. How are you doing? Doing well. Also battling a unknown sickness that I've had for a few weeks. So um, I think this is just my fall and winter condition. So I guess I better buckle in and get used to it. <laughs> I'll be as nasally as ever for the next, I don't know, 15 podcasts. This is the unknown condition edition of the podcast also joined in the same room as Alex. Once again, it's Nick Bornheimer. How you doing, man? Hey man, I'm doing great. And I, as far as I can tell, I I've got a clean bill of health, so <laughs> I'll, I'll come forth as the, uh, the, uh, healthy participant on this podcast. Well, that's the thing about unknown conditions, you know, they're unknown and until they're known. So maybe, not that I'm hoping this, but maybe by the end of the <laughs> end of the broadcast here, you'll get a sniffle. I'll start or to a come down pain. with something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, I'm I'm glad you could join us again. Um, thank you for pitch hitting uh, last week, and um, I know at the top of the show last week you guys talked a bit about um, you guys um, were at ESPN Milwaukee together. Um, but if you could say a little bit more for the listeners about. Um, your back. Are you from Wisconsin? Where did you grow up? Yeah, yeah. All that fun stuff. So, yeah, from Wisconsin, born in Wausau, Wisconsin. Most of my formative years were in the Sheboygan area. Um, met Alex at ESPN Milwaukee, covered the Packers with Jason Wildey on the beat for a couple of years, helped out around the studio, doing odds and ends and anything else. So, um, Packers is for sure in my blood. Um, it's nice to get back into the fold a little bit, um, getting involved with you guys because I miss it. I miss having a reason to listen to the Wednesday press conferences that don't give us any type of information about anything, but at least, uh, I, at least I'm listening in. You hang on to every meaningless word yeah. of those stupid press conferences. Yep. You're like, oh, Jair was a limited participant in a walkthrough that didn't really exist. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, well, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. And, um, I don't know that this is what you're on. We, we got a microphone. You, you I think I'm official. On? I you think I'm officially official. <laughs> we, we went to, uh, we went to guitar center today and, uh, I think I got indoctrinated in by purchase of, um, whatever this equipment is. So whether, whether, whether you like it or not, I'm, uh, I'm involved. You went to Guitar Center. They said, how can we help you today? And you and Alex held hands and you said, we're, we're looking to make it official. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. I was in the bathroom for that portion. I hadn't, I, yeah, I was uh, wired on coffee. So he did the he did the talking for me. But I, I came out and he had it all figured out. And here we are. 
Awesome. Well, we are glad to have you. Um, had to say goodbye to um, our good buddy, Ben Foldy, who's still holding it down, doing really cool things. And we will check in with him hopefully uh, throughout the season um, as his other gigs uh, allow us to. But um, it's good to have the, uh, the the triad again. I feel like it's a, it's a more fun more fun conversation that way. Alex, not that I don't enjoy just mm. you and I cutting it up, you know. Sorry, I just realized I'm just digging myself a hole here. Why don't we go to Note Nugs? How about that? How about we <laughs> take a rocky yeah. transition, a sharp turn, and go to Note Nugs? Notable Nuggets, uh, hashtag Note Nugs, tweet at us at the Unpack Pod after every game with your bite size uh, takeaways. And Alex, you and I were texting a little bit earlier about tag teaming. Um, some special teams note nugs. So uh, I'll go first and, and just mention um, some hardcore punter talk here. Pat O'Donnell. Oh yeah. We have a we have a uh, professional American football punter <laughs> named Pat O'Donnell who uh, is reliable and a, a pleasure to watch him punt consistently. <laughs> uh, was on full display in this game, and actually he won, um, I believe, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, I think. And I also yep. think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I saw this on Twitter somewhere, that is the, the first punter of the Packers to win that award since Tim Masthey in 2012, I think, which... Is that was a bit of an old man moment for me to realize that Tim Masthey was ten years ago? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. I so I did not see that stat, but I saw that, and I'll get the the year wrong, maybe even the decade wrong, but it's the first punter to uh, put five balls inside the coffin corner or inside the twenty in i don't know since like the 70s or the 80s something like that so we have we haven't had a lot of success there in the in the not so recent future so that was nice to see yeah any other random uh former bears with stuff left in the tank come on down yeah we'll take them <laughs> it usually goes the other way right uh, yeah. and although yeah, amos did have a bounce back former bear who's got some left in the tank yeah he, uh, a bit I guess he's the exception, yeah. but usually it's the NFC North taking the Packers trash and uh, yeah, 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 it never really amounting to much of anything. The Packers um, leave the trash like on the doorstep and then the Vikings and the Bears usually come and they pick it up from the doorstep and they take it out to the curb and they realize, oh, wait, this is garbage. And then they put it. Yeah. The <laughs> and very, very rarely um, there's actually something that still has some significant worth left in that bin. And uh, I mean, really, it's just Julius Peppers and Charles yeah. Woodson. Really quickly, famous. I just want to apologize for referring to human beings as bags full of trash. Yeah, well, I think we, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good call. We're going to we let it probably, slide, yeah. We should clarify that. So, Go yeah. Um, back. Great note, Nug. Uh, I'm glad you went with it. Um, <laughs> tag team you. it. I what mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, four drives in the second half starting inside your 20. It really turns out that like special teams can make a big difference. Yeah. And when you pair special teams with like a very, very good defense, it is a so it's a great recipe that one that only could be ruined by prevent defense. Literally, it would have been like a perfect second half if, um, you know, if they handled the final drive differently. But I don't want to get too much into that right now. So. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to add, but it's it's pretty great. And 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 not to mention like O'Donnell's great, but it in in the spirit of tag teaming the nug, um <laughs> you know, the Flyers are uh, on the perimeter are also really good. And they're guys that were signed because they held special teams value, right? So yeah. that's the exciting part of it. It's just like, hey, we have a glaring weakness. We really suck at special teams. Let's bring in some new personnel and hope that they do some good things. And they all really did, especially Sunday. Um, yeah. I so think was it was. Really I think it was um, Peter Bukowski, and I'm sorry if I'm misattributing this, but on Twitter I saw, I believe it was Peter say like, basically saying that they were if they were surprised that the turnaround on special teams was so immediate. And I, I would counter that I'm not surprised at all when you change coaches and go out and get a coach who is a proven specialist coach and you basically change your roster philosophy and you bring in all new blocking schemes 
And the change should be immediate, in my opinion. You'll know pretty quickly if your special teams sucks or if it does not suck. Yeah, but also we just haven't seen a change like that in such a long time. So it's it's still a bit, Fair. It's still a bit jarring yeah. to see, even if you line everything up appropriately. Well, just um, to give everyone a little taste of the way things always have been, you know, Amari is still back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things. And I believe we set the um, special teams facepalm line at five um, <laughs> before the season started. And I was going back and forth with people on Twitter about this as to whether or not the muff in the first game that ultimately was not a turnover, does that constitute a facepalm? Are we at one or are we still at zero? I don't know. I feel like the jury's any muff, Any muff in my book is uh All right. So we're at one. Palm. We're at one. Yeah. Okay. I would like to remind everyone that when I said catching punts, it, I'm not trying to diminish how difficult it is, but I can't remember the name of the returner, actually. But I was so frustrated once that uh, a long time ago in the ESP Milwaukee days, that I said, I guarantee you I can catch at least X amount of however many punts, like at a certain percentage ratio. And I proved it. Caught nine out of 10 from a jugs machine that was like full height with a with a, a special teams unit made of high schoolers <laughs> bearing down on me. So <laughs> bearing in, down. But in got pads. Le- he's got league level hands, though. He's selling himself short. In full pads. So I'm just saying. You know, it ain't that hard. There's, I would venture to guess there's maybe five to six other players on this roster who could do it more effectively than Amari Rogers, who also do other things. Yeah, um, yeah that's the thing. Cough. Kylan Hill, like once yeah. he's once he's ready. I mean, like at that point, it's like, why is Amari Rogers, if he's going to get a grand total of zero offensive snaps every game or like a knee at the end of the game? Why is what? What are we doing with the spot? Yeah. Folks? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. All right. Note nugs. Nick, what do you got? Um, so I was in between a, a couple of different things and I think I made a last second pivot, um, because I was watching some of the, like I alluded to earlier, I was watching some of the pressers before we got on. And I think my nugget is just how much I didn't realize I love Rasul Douglas. And there's just, there's just something about, so I, 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 in, in live time, because the play was executed so well on the two point conversion at the end of the game where, um, Savage is draped all over the receiver and, um, Devondre Campbell is there. So even if Devondre Campbell doesn't get up and swat that ball away, um, Savage is going to be there to break up the play. But I didn't realize that they did not run at all the right coverage. They, he was asked, he was asked the question at the locker, um, earlier today. And he was like, so yeah, what happened on the two point conversion? And he kind of like laughs under his breath. He's like, yeah, we got that totally wrong. We ran the opposite coverage that we were supposed to. Um, but I think this defense is like good enough to make up for those weird mistakes. I mean, that's a pretty glaring mistake if it goes the wrong way, but they practiced it on Friday and Devondre got beat and it was a touchdown. And in live time, it was just like reaction and it was reflexive. And I think that's a sign of like a, championship defense in a way to like get the get the read wrong or run the wrong play but still have the athletes and the the wherewithal to get it right and I just I I liked Rasul's demeanor and then just him like talking about he didn't even realize Jair was hurt when he was hurt and then Keyshawn comes in he's like bro you got to go to the outside he's like what I haven't (laughs) I haven't watched any film on being an outside receiver against this receiving core and he just kind of like again, reflexively got into it. I think, like, these D-backs are good, man, and Keyshawn's good. Like, he, like, to to fit in as seamlessly as he did and to be, like, more of a special teams guy, but then to to take on a, a slot role and be serviceable, if not, like, pretty damn good. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just high. I'm high on the D-backs. So what you're saying, if I'm uh, hearing you correctly, is they're good enough to overcome Joe Barry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, dude, and we can we can go back and forth on Barry. I'm still I'm still pro Barry. I'm still pro Joe. But yes, in a way, yes, they're good enough to overcome Joe Barry. 
Yeah, and you mentioned Nixon. I mean, Alex, you've long said Nixon, great player. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of potential. I, I've been on him for, for a long time. Um, I've, I've really, you know, I want to give myself some credit there um, for, for scouting him. Actually, before he was a Packer. Um, I honestly thought, Zach, we would get deeper than week three until there was a player doing something really significant whom I've never heard of. Um, usually that's like week eight, week nine, couple injuries. Although it was an injury. Yeah. Um, it also usually happens as like a, a random defensive lineman or a pass rusher or somebody else. Yeah. Not somebody who was in a um, full-fledged training camp battle to to win that uh, that last D-back spot. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nixon is I had prime. a busy summer. <laughs> yeah. He's a prime what, what is a category. Yeah, what is a yeah. Nixon? <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh well, um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we Can all I get my pa- other nug. Yeah, oh yeah, we, uh, go sorry. for it. This is we tag teamed. Um, I know. Bon- well, bonus I, nugs. We're bringing you uh, extra content, guys. Um, I know that Nick knows this because we happened to watch the game together, and it it became a recurring theme throughout the uh, our our viewing of the game. So I know it actually is a significant nug. But did anyone else? feels like super uncomfortable listening to Greg Olson talk about how uncomfortable he was talking about AJ Dillon's legs at the beginning of the game. He's like, there's these quadzilla pictures going around. It got, it got real weird there for a minute. It got really uncomfortable. I was just like, dude, really? You're third leg Greg from your university of Miami days. It, it was singing there rapping with like all your teammates about how big their dicks are and how, like how, how many freaking like, group sex sessions you've had and that makes you uncomfortable yeah. as someone who has a much nicer lower half than upper half in terms of physique i would like to say that if thighs <laughs> make you uncomfortable oh you need to reevaluate i wasn't expecting to hear that well we're, we're going we went five inch shorts all summer baby wow let the thighs out keep doing your thing aj <laughs> don't let the haters bring you down just saying i just i kept expecting greg to Go back to the go back to the uh, AJ Dillon thing, like you know, and 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 not to mention the legs again, but wow, like and and, and yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was pretty weird, but I mean, now that we're back on the topic, uh, man, they are really big, Quadzilla, um, veiny guys, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, I'm surprised a we didn't get fellow. a uh, we didn't get like a no homo out of him or something. It's like it's okay I, I mean, to talk about a person's body especially well that's it's that's athletics was, man yeah that's what i was getting at like he stopped just short of being like that got a little you know what for yeah, me like, I'm yeah, like yeah. okay dude All I, right, wish I, I wish i knew the call off the top of my head but i saw i saw it on twitter recently where there was there was a play by player i guess it was the color guy who literally said that that's pretty that i'm like whoa <laughs> but you know greg greg right. caught himself in 2022 yeah way to go yeah, <laughs> Jesus. That's the A team, right? It is. I mean, I, I yeah, yes, I think so. Broadcast. I think it yeah. is now, right? That, I believe that so. That's the Sunday game of the week crew. Yeah. Greg's got some polishing up to do, in my humble opinion, but it's okay. I didn't even realize he wasn't playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if you told me he was on the Panthers, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're like, maybe yeah, him and good... uh, Frank Zombo are teammates, right? Yeah, <laughs> two exactly. players who will never retire. Uh, Fantasy bench guy. <laughs> uh, really quickly, like a uh, final note, I guess. We, I feel like we all kind of thought that the Packers were going to lose this game, at least that like we three yeah. here. And I guess I felt kind of dumb then watching the game unfold and being like, oh, Tom Brady's out here throwing to like threes and fours, which halfway through the week, I guess we knew was a thing. I don't know if you guys had that reaction at all. Like we were one quarter in and I was like, oh wait, this is a highly winnable game. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen Scotty Miller beat the Packers in the past. So I, I don't <laughs> That's know. That's fair. That's fair. I, I went in with the doomsdayer mentality, but we, the, we should have known. You're playing with a third string offensive lineman and um, we saw Russell Gage kind of limping through that entire game and still had, I don't even know how many catches yeah. and was paramount on that last drive but no you're right i think i you just don't ever count a limited bucks team with tom brady out but yeah it that's why i don't feel like the best after week three i feel i feel good i mean we'll 
it's going to have major implications, hopefully, later on in the season with the tiebreaker. But I don't know, Alex, what do you, what do you think? I mean, uh, I feel like they were getting to this on reporting as eligible, too. And I hate to... I loved the win. I wasn't expecting it. It's a good road win, quality team. And and also, both teams have guys out, right? So, like... Or, or maybe not as much... Guy, I mean, the Packers do have guys out, especially yeah. at receiver. But, like, even if their receiving core was full strength, they wouldn't be like, oh, you know... It, it, they're still probably just as shorthanded as the box are just because of the talent that exists there. Yep. Um, but I don't know if you guys would agree and getting back to my, you know, huge lead up to my point, as I feel like they were talking about or alluding to on reporting is eligible. They play again. The Packers lose. Like I have no, I, I think the Packers defense is as good as it played, but I also feel like missing a left tackle and missing like some significant playmakers on the buck side that there is some upside there. I'm not super sold that this Packers offense can play a much better game against the Buccaneers defense. Like I actually, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things where like, okay, yeah, if they played like a five game series, like the Packers yeah. lose the series. If they're, if you're going off of what you saw on, on Sunday, well, because, if they played with last week's roster, I would agree, but let's fast forward to a couple months from now. Let's say they're healthy and uh, the the Bucks are healthy, rather, and then the you know the Packers are more rounding into form on offense. Dobbs has more confidence. Watson is back. Do you feel any different about that? Uh, potentially, I just like hypothetical. I don't know that there's talk. much. That's what we're doing I here. <laughs> I don't know that there's much more there. Like in with Aaron, I mean, like there should be, but I don't know if there is. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I feel like Watson brings a dimension. Um. And I saw a lot of people tweeting about this too, but as like the jet guy, like I actually think he opens up the run game, which was not good. And we thought that it would be like an Aaron Jones day and it really wasn't. And he fumbled, but I guess, you know, on the flip side, if he doesn't fumble, this could be a route. Right. And if the Packers yeah. put up 21, right. 24, we're probably thinking a lot differently because that, yeah. that on paper looks a lot better. But I guess the, the, a primary difference to me felt like okay the bucks kind of came after Aaron early and he made him pay he was getting the ball out like i actually think he was solid and then that shift to the you know too high look um and just kind of sitting back and like daring him to beat you worked yeah i, I don't know like yeah. this is a boring offense i'm just getting used to it i guess so yeah. i'm just like yeah and so and that murkiness that i think that you're describing too is uh is a theme it's like a theme of our show in general, and we will carry that into the second half of the show. Um, but really quickly, before we hit the break and get to the other side, I did want to um, uh, hit one listener note nug uh, from from Jake Gao, who uh, tweeted in um, about Aaron Jones and said that he's uh, consistently dependable for killing drives and momentum at key moments by fumbling. Uh, if you do put the ball in his hands when the game is on the line and and Jake, I don't want to put you on blast, but I was I, I saw this and I was really struck by it um, because I had to really rack my brain. Of course, you know, it happened in the playoffs and, and that was a big deal. But like, it's not like it happens every four games. Am I wrong? I, I have a bad memory, but am I wrong? Can we? Yeah. Can Can we go to the. Can we go to the tape? Can we go to... <laughs> Let's uh, go to the videotape. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, Google I, sounder. Just in my own, you know, dumb brain recollection, I don't ever think of him as a not sure-handed, playmaking type of guy that I wouldn't trust. Yeah. I know he's fumbled a couple of times, but so does everybody. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I he, felt. He has nine career fumbles, and over the course of almost 900 career rushing attempts or right? 850 that, that feels I good i, I that feels okay to me. it feels yeah. like an okay rate and that's also taking into consideration um how many touches he gets in the passing game so if you add up like all of his touches through the air and on the ground he has well over a thousand and he's fumbled nine times uh yeah. three of which came in 2019 which was a year he also scored you know, 19 touchdowns. So I think I forgive that. But um, yeah, not not to put him on blast. I mean, it's it's you're always going to remember the ones that come in big moments. Yeah, like, I think so he's a, it was re it was that's where I want to cut Jake some slack yeah. in terms of yeah. like he probably has some painful, very specific memories. Yeah, we all do. But, yeah, that's what we all do. That's, that's what this things. that's what this is, man. <laughs> that's what that's what we. Signed what do you up think for? we're doing here, man? We're just <laughs> sharing in some. 
occasional specific painful memories as we all touched on in our text thread during the game. It's, it's really just uh, a pain meter and you're either experiencing more pain <laughs> or less pain. And then That's one right. team's fan base experiences some moments of joy for a couple hours a year and then ever everything else is just varying levels of pain. Um, did you guys one other note on this game too, sorry. Um did you guys feel like the Packers were getting to Brady a lot more than like the numbers would bear out because as I'm like looking at this it says he was only pressured 7 times. I know that there was probably 7 or 8 no no calls on holding penalties yeah, that probably whoa. should have existed. We didn't even get yeah. into that. Yeah. Um but to me, it felt like the Packers were a lot more comfortable than that in terms of the way they were getting to him and the way they were disrupting, you know, Tampa's flow. But when I look back at the numbers, I'm like, actually, it wasn't really that great of a rushing. They didn't bring any. They didn't really bring any blitzes, which I kind of, I think you and I talked about it last week, Alex. We didn't necessarily think they were going to. Um, aside from one Quay, I think kind of like, oh, I don't know what the defensive call is. It's hurry up. I'm just going to blitz type of thing. So he was, I think he just looked kind of out of sorts. Brady did. Um, Cause the, the coverage was pretty decent. Um, but he did look more, a little more rattled. Although I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to recall the game in my head. He, he was still okay. He just didn't have anybody to throw to. Um, but I, Kenny got two sacks, I think. I don't know. You can look, I don't know. Zach, my yeah, he had two sacks. Look, Gary had a sack. Um, yeah, Kenny Clark had two sacks, three pressures. I think, and and maybe Alex, this is a little what uh, what you're getting at. I think, for me as a fan watching, weirdly, I get more satisfaction out of seeing Tom Brady get sacked <laughs> than like many many like other varieties sacks. of football plays yeah so <laughs> so even if it's a, only a handful of sacks and and pressures i think for me the cathartic release of seeing that on tv and in a game that i thought the packers would lose it just made it feel so much more monumental and disruptive so maybe it's more of an emotional thing yeah and you just don't typically see that offense only put up 12 points which six of them i mean it was a there were there were no touchdowns on the board until the uh, prevent defense last drive of the game, which we all yeah. sat down in our living rooms or at our local tavern and knew was coming. Nobody yeah. thought that that touchdown wasn't coming. Yeah. Right? Well, the Bucks have so. been uh, off to a rough start on offense this year. I think one yeah. offensive touchdown. Yeah. I think I, I think saw. he only uh, was it one per game, game or something. Yeah. I think they, I think they have three touchdowns. So it's been rough for yeah. them, but nobody thinks they're not going to be around come playoff time. Is nope. The, it, is the prevent defense less excusable when you're up by eight than seven, let's say, or when you're up by eight as opposed to six, and when the team you're playing really looks nothing like scoring? Like It's only acceptable when you're 12 years old and playing a video game. That's my opinion. <laughs> I think, well, I think it always sucks, but I think what was even more maddening about it is it, you were just giving Tom Brady a, an avenue to get back in the game. Like... There, there was no way they were going to hurt the Packers if the Packers would have just played it as if, you know, it was 0-0 and it was the first quarter. And it was yeah. just so evident. So it was even more frustrating. Um, I, I just, I think, I, I tend to agree with you. But conversely, if you take away everything over the top, it's still a numbers game. And they have to make a lot of plays in a row and they need the two-point conversion. And I don't know, it's, it's uncharacteristic for a delay of game to happen in that situation, but it's, you don't want to get beat randomly over the top. If we, you know, Keyshawn Nixon gets beat and we're not having the same conversation about him that, that yeah. we are today. I don't know. I just like, who's going to beat you though? I don't I, know. I do kind of, I mean, I <laughs> do largely agree with you. I'm just doing the devil's advocate thing because every, every team does it. There's a reason that they do it. I don't understand why they do it, but they tend Devil's to. Advocate. You know, if I could just bring up the quads once again. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got on we got we got off track there. Let's talk about how vascular our guy is. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh we are gonna put this one to bed. Fourteen to twelve. The Packers win mercifully. And we are gonna take a quick break and uh when we come back and do some news and haikus.
All right, we are back, and we are ushering you guys into the spa, past the beaded curtain, and um, I'm going to read some poetry, because that's what we do on this show. I don't know why, but we do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go first. Continuing the theme of murkiness. Here we go. A wise man once said, I know what I do not know. Are the Packers good? Mm. <laughs> the eternal question. The yeah. uh, kind of the the point of basically every show that Alex, you and I have ever been a part of, figuring out whether or not the Packers are good, and ultimately deciding that we don't know the answer to the question. But I was I was struck after this game, feeling like this is a, a great win. Glad to have it. Will be probably meaningful down the stretch. Don't feel like it teaches me anything about the team, other than. I thank God for Pat O'Donnell. And yeah. um, and then I got to looking at this, the schedule um, and basically the next four games, <laughs> the next month of Packers football also feels like it's not going to tell us anything. We got the Patriots, we got the Giants, we got the Jets, and then we got the Commanders. And I've, not that we're going to like, not that it's a, like there's some bad teams in there. You still got to show up and play. You could lose those games. But even if you do, I feel like we're not going to know much more about this team. We're not going to understand anything <laughs> more than we do now, which I guess is fine. I don't know really what I'm saying. It's all part of the Packers fan journey, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking back to um, two seasons ago when I think the Packers were um, – they they went thirteen and three, but I really I feel like I remember them being like ten and three um, at some point in the season, and us asking like, "Are they good?" Like I have no idea. <laughs> which is like, a, well, which they clinched the playoffs. Unbelievable question to ask. <laughs> but they, they clinched the playoffs in week fourteen. But I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, I don't. I mean, when the season ends, we may be able to answer that. Um, which is the most this show thing to yeah. probably exist ever, but. Well said. I, I mean, I could talk myself in circles about the Bucks game. That's, well, I, we, I, um, Tex and Justice talked about it on another podcast as part of this network, but it was reminiscent of the Niners game week three last year where they found a weird way to win and you left that game like, wow, that might make a difference later in the season um, with tiebreakers and just, you know, playing the numbers game, um, getting getting an extra one in the in the win column but you don't I didn't leave that game thinking the Packers were any better than the Buccaneers it was circumstantial yeah. just like it was last year so um apropos Zach and we said <laughs> uh, yeah yeah not to ahead. not to uh um back off from my own point I think just to give something meaningful something that I do think that we learned actually from this game is my guy, Romeo Dobbs? I think is a is a player. Is he gonna be like an all star? I don't know. Is he the number one receiver right now? No, but he's an NFL receiver, and I'm glad he's on this team because they need him. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Alex, um, it kind of seamlessly leads me into my haiku. Oh, wait, wait, you, um, yep. Cue the music. There it is. <laughs> <clears throat> the future is now. Romeo, oh Romeo, please let me believe. <laughs> I just, we haven't had a rookie show this kind of flash since Devontae. I know he had his ups and downs. I think it was 2014 in his rookie season. Um, and the drops were a concern for him as they were for Jordy coming in. And even like Jermichael and Greg and the guys that you know show some really, really strong potential. But Romeo tends to catch the ball with his hands. He doesn't yeah. really have the drop thing that um, Watson does or some of the other guys do. He's fast. He seems to get open. And Rodgers tends to trust him. I want to believe that our 
fourth round savior could end up being the number one guy. He just looks really good. And there's just a knack for him getting open that you don't see often in a lot of the rookies. So man, if he, and and I drafted him in the last round of my fantasy league. So I, I have like a really special place for him in my heart. And hopefully he's, you know, he's, he's starter by week five, week six. Um, eight, eight receptions on eight targets. He's a hands catcher. He catches everything. Rogers has talked about it. Scouts talked about it coming out of college. Uh, really quickly, um, you mentioned Devontae Adams, who did have uh, the drops a bit as a rookie. But I remember a play in Devontae Adams' uh, rookie season against the Dolphins. It was a goal line play where it, was it a was it a fake spike? It was something at the end of the game. It was a, it was it was like a, a mind spike, melt yeah. moment. And, the, and they ended up winning at the very end. Yeah. I want so badly to see something approximating. That just like a, a, a clear same page moment between Rogers and, and Romeo, and then I'll be sold. It'll be off to the races. Money on the table. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Also, his name's Romeo. What a badass receiver name. What Come a on. Badass name. <laughs> I had Come to on. I had to fit the appropriate amount of syllables. Um, so I had to throw an O in the middle of Romeo and Romeo oh, it's very my poetic, haiku. But so. it's okay. You know, you yeah. gotta massage it. Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Massage. Oh, that's oh, a, that's speaking a of sorry, yes. sorry, Zach. I I did tell Alex earlier today that next week. I want to write a sonnet. I want iambic pentameter instead of the haiku. I can do both, but I think I might workshop a sonnet. Let me know if, how you feel about that. Well, I'll have to get something, uh, a sounder that's maybe a little bit more Shakespearean. Sure. But I, All I, right. I can do that. There's okay. plenty of time between now and then. <laughs> Alex, do you want to read some poetry? Um, sure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yes, I, I absolutely do. Get the essential oils going. <laughs> On those quads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just going to hammer it home. Don't want to make Greg uncomfortable. Um, all right. What an oversight. Nixon going undrafted is a big guy miss. Wow. Um, our guy draft. Yeah, Nixon went undrafted. That's kind of crazy because he's already like prime guy territory. Holy yeah. crap, man. Well, corners in general, too. That's a good guy grab because like they're going to play. If they're on the like they're you're going to see them eventually. Like you were saying, Alex, like maybe it's week eight and, they, and it's like late in the game and you're at Tom and Jerry's and you're like, whoa, what is a insert player here? Like they're going to get on the field eventually. Yeah. I know. I just wish I could have foreseen that. And I wish I could have thought, you know, about his special teams impact right away Um, because, you know, he was fine. Like he was fine when he came in for Jair. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have noticed, which I guess is like kind of a credit to him for sure. But where he really popped was as a flyer on the Wii fence. Is that a thing now? (laughs) Do we have to say that? Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Do we? I don't, I don't know. We'll warm uh, up do you think? To it. Uh, do you think um, that like the guys in the room, you think they're into the fact that it's called We Fence, <laughs> or do you think well, they joke about it to each other? Like this is this is not cool, right? They're professionals, man. It gives me Russell Wilson screaming like pass or run vibes on the sideline. I don't know <laughs> if you guys saw that video where he's encouraging his teammates to yell pass like i i literally have not seen that at least he's not pantomiming high fives at this point so we're still in the clear yeah um but we did we did listen scoring weird amounts of points every single week for 15 years (laughs) yeah we did listen to nixon's uh locker room availability today too um hoping that someone might have said something of interest but roswell douglas is the only one who really did and he kept calling it the Wii Fence, and I feel like I couldn't tell if he was, like, annoyed by it, but he's like, yeah, we're all in it together. That's why we're the Wii Fence. Like, oh, yeah. Cool. It's, it almost seems, like, programmatic, though. Like, somebody said it one time, and it's just like, I can't say anything, so I'm just going to say this. I don't want to be in any headlines. So Okay, so if we... Special Teams, I think, is also a very strange name. Can we yes. workshop, like, a better name for what that segment of, like... The you know oh the I love it the team is like okay. I love it it's not we fence is not it I'll tell you that no right no, no no um special but teams, special teams is also weird a very valid point I love it's it. also weird like why why is there not a it should be a different it should be a different fence you've got offense you've got defense what is the other <laughs> well fence? that's like where they're going with the we fence but yeah. I hate that no but it can't be but it can't be we fence it can't be like a rallying call that you could see like an elementary school like group you know like. 
yeah. chanting. I don't know. It's got to be something like a little bit more. Yeah, um, it's got generic. third grade flag football kind of written mm. all over it. Yeah, which you know these guys are professionals. So while we're on the topic, I'd like to um, try to figure out a, a a better way to break down the percentage of what impacts the game in what like type of segment because you've got they say oh it's a third of the game 33 33 33 for offense defense and special teams which is clearly not offense has got to be in like the (laughs) 50 to 60 range defense is probably in the 30 range and special teams while alex you made a really strong point it does make a big difference in um uh, turning defense. the field around well, only when the rest of your team is just super blase i mean if the <laughs> offense played well it wouldn't have mattered at all we're talking like 15 percent. although the field goal field goals make a big difference i don't know we got to workshop all this 10 percent. <laughs> i wouldn't that's not what i'm calling the unit but 10 percent. i'm saying that's like kind of like where we're at also there's not even really returns anymore in the, in the right NFL, it's you becoming know? more and more depleted so devin hester days it is not so like back then i went okay not a third but it would be something the effort teams effort fans i don't know like what what <laughs> else like fence. screams special teams to you fringe roster unit yeah, why um, is it the special teams? What's the etymology of that? I'd love to know. Well, because oh, specialists are kickers, punters, and long snappers, I guess. Yeah, I guess you because they only really it. have yeah, like yeah. one. That's what it is. One skill. They do like one thing. But like, I would but gunners, argue, it's it's all different position players that just get mishmashed and Frankenstein together to create these other t- this one other team. Yeah, we might have to do this on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the Unpack Pod on Twitter, get at us with your new names for special teams that are not <laughs> yeah, Fence. Please. Um, all right, guys, that's poetry. Um, any news updates? I guess uh, now that we're doing this uh, uh, Wednesday night as we record this now, we get some uh, injury updates. So I did see um, it was a, a walkthrough, and they had Jair as limited. Um I don't expect him to play. I don't know. I feel like it'd be stupid for him to play with, with yep. world beater Nixon on the roster at this point, after all. <laughs> yeah. I saw Bakhtiari did play today, and Jenkins did not, and they're rotating um, in terms of practicing, not playing, but practicing. We didn't really mention the tackle rotation. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. Which worked I, out. You know what? It's still weird, but yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to eat crow because I wasn't like, this is stupid. I like, they're wrong for doing this. Um, and, and ultimately it did work out fine. I don't want to eat crow because it is weird. It was weird. It's a weird approach. I think Matt LaFleur after the game mentioned that maybe he was on a staff that did that, that did it once. Um, I don't know, five, six years ago or something, or maybe further back, but it's, it's, it's unorthodox enough that there aren't that many examples of it. And to my mind, and I'm not uh, a football player, clearly, but like I'm a big you're either ready to play or you're not ready to play kind of mentality. And so the the back and forth, I don't know. It's it's weird, right? Like, don't it is, you want continuity? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you you would think you would. But when you've, I don't know, maybe they've reached a point with Bach where it's like, it's been three surgeries and we've tried to get you back and there seems to be some type of inflammation or fluid buildup when you get a certain amount of reps that we just really got to ease into this. Um, I'll take some Bach over no Bach, I guess is how I leave Sunday's game. Yeah. I shared the same sentiment as you Zach going into it and we texted about it and we're like, what the hell is this? Um, in retrospect, it's weird, but it actually seemed like a good plan. I guess the only argument for it is that there, in this sport at that position and the way like practice works now, there's really no way to work yourself into game shape other than playing. Other than playing in a game, yep. You know, like there's just not. Like you can simulate those reps in practice. Like how, how many reps are Rashawn Gary and David Bakhtiari going like a hundred percent like risking it all like in practice like that's just not really happening you know um so i i don't know maybe they're onto something i I guess also it's made a lot easier by our boy yash um you know who if you're him 
you got to be pretty pleased that I and mean, like if anything he's just like auditioning for other teams at this point right yeah like, long term yeah you still got Tunyon in on help blocking most of the time and they're not able to really get him into the pass catching type of you know weapon based position that he has been you know 2020 Tunyon so yeah. it's still he's still limited um but it's yeah maybe less reps will give him more juice I don't know it's it's fine it's okay I think I <laughs> left the fine. game thinking it's okay less reps more juice less Nick Bornheimer vote Nick 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that an It's Corn reference? Yeah. Like, we, we know stuff. There. Yeah. We're, we're on the with internet. it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I don't know. Let's uh let's take a quick pit stop on Degenerate Corner here before we before we bid everyone adieu for the week. Um and I don't know, talk a little gambling. Now we got both of you guys seem to know a little bit about the no I I don't. My gambling knowledge stops at um at uh Texas Hold'em because I guess I'm forever stuck in like the year two thousand four. But um <laughs> but you guys know stuff and Nick we, before we well, hit record. We, yeah, we know about gambling. Yeah. We don't know about winning. And that's <laughs> and then there's a, a very clear line of demarcation there. But yeah. um yeah, I I haven't looked at the props yet for this week. But I will tell you, and this, this is kind of the sign of a bad gambler, and um, a couple of my buddies do this. They'll only tell you about the bets they won and <laughs> not give you any insight in the bets that they um, got drastically wrong. But going into the week with Romeo Dobbs' receptions at three and a half against the Bucks, I'm like, who else is Rodgers going to really throw to? Yeah. Um, if he's going to have a breakout week early in the season, it's going to be this week, and that cashed early. So I felt yeah. good about that one. Um, Alex is on his phone right now. He's on DraftKings. I've got one, um, but I, I was checking another um, betting app. Okay. Um, not not an official SB Nation partner. Not an uh, official SB Nation partner. Um, to see if you know, because sometimes a lot of those props come later in the week. But I've got one. I've got one to nominate for Degenerate Corner. Okay. Um, unnamed, unnamed jabroniapp.com. What do they say? <laughs> this one actually does come from DraftKings. It's already available. Um, and it's not okay. Well, first things first. Packers are favored <laughs> by nine and a half points. Right. This is an obvious. I can't wait to play this back when we lose, but an obvious victory. <laughs> Not always easy to make money on the Packers because it should be a very convincing win. So it's only plus 120. It's not a crazy return. But I feel really, really confident if you want just like a weird prop that you feel like, okay, this would kind of be a lock. And you don't want to be beholden to certain guys getting certain targets and et cetera, because the game could get kind of weird. Packers to win both halves at plus 120. There's no way they don't come out and establish an early lead. And I, I, I honestly, the Tampa game aside, cannot see Hoyer, Axel, apparently, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is his real first name. And Axel. I was learning this for the first time right now. Yeah, his name like, is uh, Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. So even Edward, even being Eddie Hoyer is like a friskier Why quarterback name. Why did you choose name. Brian if you could be <laughs> Axel? Three options. And Are you chose kidding me? The worst one. Oh my oh, God, man. you took the worst route. Um, Ax star high school quarterback in the teen drama, Axel, Axel Hoyer. So good. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, anyway, I think the Packers win both halves. I, I don't see them being outscored in either half. I uh, So... I want it. I recommend taking it. I already took it. And for now, that's going to be all you get because I don't feel confident enough in any other individual player for a weird, weird prop. Now, if Dobbs comes out and it's like anything like last week, then I think you just got to keep riding that until like the, yeah, everybody I, adjusts. I saw to he's that, projected right? on fantasy for like eight or nine points, which probably equates to three or four catches. So you could probably keep riding that. That's all in the fantasy points? Yeah. Really? Yeah, as Damn. of now. Um, my man smoked the end zone once. He's gonna he's gonna be back. 
Come on now. <laughs> I'm going to ride your coattails real quick because it does make me, I looked at the over-under earlier today, which is hovering around 40. I think if you tease the Packers down to, if it's a six-point teaser, you tease them down to three and a half, four, and tease the under up to 46. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't think the Patriots are scoring a lot of points. I think that one cashes pretty easily. So that would be uh, yeah. my nomination. Um, I do lose a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, allow me to um, posit that. But I, I do feel good about that one. And usually if I'm on the record about one, it's got a pretty high hit rate. So yeah, gonna, you got to uh, pick one. Yeah, I think we should keep track. Yeah, I'm going to um, pre-record uh, for next time a disclaimer where I just like read a bunch yeah, of stuff really fast, including us. Nick Bornhammer is wrong a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will call 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah. Oh, God. Yeah. My favorite part about sports betting being legal now is every sports podcast I listen to, the ads, they're like three minutes long and they're like 30 seconds like, gambling is great. And then it's like two and a half yeah. minutes of like, want to kill yourself? Call this number. In this Which, state, call this number. <laughs> that has Jeez. to cost the actual Ugh. gambling companies so much money because you have to buy like the whole ad break. You can't buy like a 30 second or 60 second. Well, that's second why ad you'll break. never see a medical ad that's a 30 second ad because the back half of the ad has to be all of the potential side effects. Yeah. Okay. May include but, bleeding from the eyes, haunted houses. Mm, You're like, what? Jeez. How, how haunted houses? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, long is, how long does gambling have to be legal for? them to not have to include that anymore like in no alcohol you know in no beer commercial do you have to like caveat it with all the warnings like at some point yeah, now they just say enjoy print. responsibly they're like hey don't be yeah. a jerk like they summed up like surgeon general's warning and all this stuff about operating machinery by just saying like guys don't be a dumbass when just you do be this. an adult yeah um i wonder <laughs> if we're if we're far off from that but probably probably a few decades honestly yeah. so enjoy One your dream uh, your 90 second uh, <laughs> disclaimers. <laughs> anyway, right, we love you, DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to hit the polka and I think uh, be done with this show. The line is nine and a half. Uh, Green Bay favored over New England. We will let Justice and whoever uh, his special guest is on Intercepted on Friday um, preview that game, talk about how the Packers are going to clobber the New England Patriots, only to have us watch some kind of like weird game where they lose or it's a squeaker. I don't know. Life is pain. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Um, Nick, it's great to have you here. Great to be had. You got a mic? You got a mic. It's official. Alex? You are being had. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That's it. We're getting out of here. Um, That's all I got. I was going to like, you know, Try to grease it a little more, but I'm just going to crash the plane now. Thighs See you later, guys. Go back. Let's, get, yeah. let's get back to A.J. Dillon's legs for a second. Oh, yeah. If I could just... Those quads, man. <laughs>